Cornerback Jalen Johnson was the most notable unexcused absence from Chicago Bears OTAs on Tuesday, but it's still a little bit too early to start panicking about whether his contract negotiations are going to cause problems for the Chicago Bears this offseason. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we especially appreciate our everydayers that are tuning in for all five days each week on the podcast. On the show today, we dive into the first absences of Chicago Bears OTAs, namely Jalen Johnson and the slight panic, maybe major panic that ensued among the fan base when Jalen Johnson's not there, and amid all the, the questions and speculation about what his contract negotiation situation might be and whether or not this absence at OTAs could be a reflection of that. Might not be a big deal otherwise, and that's part of the point of today's episode, right? Well, we'll kind of have you judge for yourself based on what we heard from head coach Matt Eberflus and how that compares to other players who also missed OTAs on Tuesday, but then we'll kind of look at some of the different dynamics that might go into this contract negotiation situation if that is indeed a part of this equation right now and why getting things straightened out one way or another with Jalen Johnson is going to be so important for this Bears defense and this Bears team overall as a whole. But Jalen Johnson, one of four players to not be there at Hallis Hall, or at least not you know, absent from practice specifically on Tuesday from OTAs. It was Jalen Johnson, it was Eddie Jackson, it was Darnell Mooney, and it was Nate Davis, the guard signed this offseason from the Tennessee Titans. A couple other players were sidelined with minor injuries, but still present. These are the four players, though, that were not present. We know ahead of time that Darnell Mooney is has not been cleared from his injury recovery from last season. Matt Eberflus clarified as well that Eddie Jackson is still recovering from his injury situation from last year as well. So those guys have a little bit more of a clear-cut explanation of like, yeah, sure, you might like them to be in the building, but they can't practice anyway, so what's the big deal? OTAs are voluntary. Players are not required by any means to be there. Their contract doesn't say so. The team can't punish them for being there, for not being there, et cetera, et cetera. It is truly optional. You want all your players to be there because it's extra bonus practice time then in the offseason that they can work together and learn the offense and defense, learn how to work with each other a little bit more and, and kind of get the swing of things through these sort of walkthrough type situations. Jalen Johnson, not there, though. And head coach Matt Eberflus didn't give a ton of details about it. He kind of just said, you know, it's voluntary. What what can you do? But I don't know, some, some Bears fans were reading into Eberflus's comments here as him being angry at Jalen Johnson, being a, not, not angry at Jalen Johnson, but perhaps frustrated by him not being there. And I wanted to play the clip for you 
and have you judge for yourself. Because I saw this from multiple different people like on Twitter and on social media feeling like, oh, Matt Eberflus was clearly not happy with Jalen Johnson not being there. And I, I want you to be the judge for yourself and then we'll talk about sort of where I see it. Man, man, I, think, I think you've been in the league long enough to remember like when voluntary participation in, in OTAs was pretty much 100% unless a guy was unhappy with his contract. Is it a disappointment that it's reached this level where guys are just out because they're not out? And yeah, I mean, it's just, it, that is what, yeah, to me, it's, you know, that's, it's a voluntary uh, deal, you know, and that's the way it is with the CBA, and that's where it is, and there's nothing you can do to get upset about it. It's just, you know, you guys choose or not to choose to be here, and that's, we're going to coach the guys that are here. After going through what you went through with Ropon last year, are you concerned that, that Jalen Johnson's absence might uh, mushroom into something bigger? Yeah, I don't see it that way. Has he told you that he'll be here when it's not voluntary? When you guys have mandatory minicamps, you know that Jalen Johnson will be here. Um, I'm not going to comment on that. I haven't. Uh, I know we've talked about that, but I'm not. That's ask him when you when you see him. I think it's a little bit of the tone at the end there. There's the like, oh, I have to ask him kind of thing. That that, and, and just a little bit of the shortness in some of that answer, and him kind of just saying like, yeah, it's it's voluntary. That oh, that's what we could do. Like detecting some level of emotion behind it. But I don't know, after I had seen people talking about the way that Aberflus sounded mad first before I even listened to it, as I sort of set up there. And then I listened to it and I wasn't left like feeling like, oh, yeah, like clearly Matt Aberflus is frustrated with Jalen Johnson. I, I don't know. I detected some frustration in his voice. And certainly Matt Aberflus would prefer that Jalen Johnson was there. He, if it was up to him, every player would be at OTAs because it's valuable and they, they do want them there, but they can't force them to be there. And so... You know, I, I do think that's true, but I, I kind of got the impression from Matt there that like some of his frustration was a little bit with the with the media, like not that the media wasn't do, was doing anything wrong, but like he got asked five or six questions about Jalen Johnson and kind of had to keep answering the same way of like, it's voluntary. What can we do? You know, would like to have everybody here, but it's their choice and, and we'll coach who's here and we'll, we'll be focused on that. And then he was asked five or six different ways about Jalen Johnson. I only played a few of them there. And by the end, he's like, listen. Ask him. You keep asking me, ask him. And I don't I don't think, again, it's, it's tough because I don't think he was mad at the media per, or frustrated with the media per se. But then if he's not frustrated at Jalen Johnson and not frustrated with the media, then who is he frustrated with? Maybe just the, the rules? He's frustrated that it is voluntary, but not, I don't know, he didn't seem especially like, oh, Jalen Johnson's in the doghouse because Matt Eberflus is upset. Like, I think all this, all this sort of hyper analysis of Eberflus's tone and stuff and, and just this whole situation comes based purely on the fact that Jalen Johnson is entering the last year of his rookie contract. We're not having any of these same discussions about Nate Davis missing OTAs. Nate Davis just got a new contract to be a free agent signee here. There doesn't appear to be a major known injury reason as well. And there's not really many people upset about Nate Davis not being there. Why are then is there more concern about Jalen Johnson, specifically the contract situation? Because it is kind of another one of these abnormal contract situations, which is contrasting to like Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet, who are also entering the last year of their rookie deals, but don't maybe have as much surrounding the contract situation. So we'll, we'll look at what makes Jalen Johnson's a little bit different and a little bit more difficult next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel, America's number one Sportsbook because right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back right back to you in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. 
whether you're betting on the NBA Finals coming up around the corner here, whether you're betting on baseball season in the thick of things, the Stanley Cup playoffs as well, getting into the, the towards the end of those. And, of course, you can bet on the upcoming football season, on what's going to happen for the Bears this season, where they're going to finish in the NFC North, how many wins they're going to have, and so much more, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to download. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NFL and NBA. We know that Jalen Johnson's contract negotiations, I think, won't be quite as straightforward, cut and dry as comparatively like Cole Komet and and Darnell Mooney, who the Bears have also both expressed interest in re-signing and have there's been some talk of that those negotiations have at least sort of begun or even in very preliminary stages. And Jalen Johnson's sort of in that in that boat too, but we've seen more of a steady progression from the other two and fewer, I think, general question marks surrounding the other two, both organizationally and what we've seen on the field. And I just think Jalen Johnson's contract situation represents a slightly more difficult negotiation and a slightly more contentious or possibility for slightly more contentious um, negotiations. Again, like I think part of this is, you know, three seasons into Jalen Johnson's career, he has not played a full 17 game season. In his rookie year, I went back, I went back through, he missed four games his rookie year, 2020, with a shoulder injury. I believe that was right at the end of the year. In 2021, he was physically like injury-free, but I believe he missed two games that you're being on the COVID list, which is not, and to be fair to Jalen Johnson, not an injury, not a durability thing there. I mean, I guess I don't know how you want to define the word injury, but not like a not a football-related injury is how we'll categorize that, right? Not something. Not, not a muscle issue or a, a tendon issue or a ligament issue on the field as a result of football. No, it was COVID. You know, that was a com- more common thing those couple of seasons. But then this past season as well, missed six games. And it wasn't just like one thing or one big stretch, right? There was a quad, some quad stuff early in the season where he missed a game or two and then had an oblique injury, missed a game or two, and then ended the season on injured reserve, you might remember, with a broken ring finger where they were going to try and have him play through it with a club. They kind of decided, yeah, well, hey, we're three and 12 or whatever what their record was at that time. Maybe not going to have Jalen Johnson force it on the, on the, with the broken finger and just kind of shut him down then on IR and individually, right? Like none of those specific injuries are a big red flag and like sure four games a year here and, and six games there isn't, isn't crazy, but it is, it is part of this negotiation in terms of like, okay, are we going to hand this guy, long-term money? Are we going to lock him into some guaranteed money? And are we going to get, you know, the full money's worth, right? Is this, is this going to be a guy that's going to be on the field and, you know, get all of that for this team? I mean, Darnell Mooney certainly missed games this last season. And this whole sen- this segment's not supposed to be like purely a Mooney and Komet compared to Jalen Johnson's situation. But like, we've seen Mooney do it for a full season and be a thousand yard guy. And we've seen Cole Komet, Really, I think he's played every game all three seasons. He might have missed one his rookie season and, you know, grown into a bigger and bigger role in this offense, even though the production was down a little bit this year, but that was the whole offensive production. But, you know, efficiency has certainly been there from from season to season. Jalen Johnson has gotten better from year to year, but I don't think we've seen him take that true 
big step forward. And I'm not here to make this argument like being a criticism of Jalen Johnson on the field. Like he's been very good. He's been a very good starting cornerback for the Chicago Bears. Has he been a great starting cornerback? We start to nitpick here because we come. To, it comes down to the same conversations we've had about Roquan Smith in the past about like, okay, are we going to pay this player like a top player at his position? And if, if the team is going to pay him as a top player at his position, is he playing like a top player at his position? And no one is here today to say that, you know, Jalen Johnson is asking to be the highest paid cornerback in the NFL. I don't think that's part of this conversation, right? I think Jari Alexander has the biggest one at $21 million a year. You know, Jalen Ramsey's up at $20 million a year. I don't think that's the conversation we're having about Jalen. I don't think Jalen Johnson's trying to set the market the way that Roquan Smith did comparatively. But you look at other recent cornerbacks to get new contracts coming off of their rookie seasons, you know, and is he more like in the... You know, J.C. Jack or the rookie contracts. J.C. Jackson is at sixteen and a half million dollars a year. Carlton Davis got just under fifteen million dollars a year. Uh, Jamal Dean from the Buccaneers got thirteen a year. You know, some of those guys is that more the kind of range? Or Kendall Fuller from the Commanders got ten million dollars a year. Like, where does Jalen Johnson fall then on that spectrum? And I think there's potential here for a disconnect between where where the Bears might value him at this stage versus where he might see his own value. And the idea was, I think, that, well, worst case scenario, he, he, the Bears say, hey, we want you to play out this season and show us what you can do. And if he plays well this season, then the Bears reward him and say, yep, you're our guy. We believe in you 100%. And if he has some ups and downs this season or more injuries or whatever it might be, you know, do they do they start to have a little even more hesitation about trying to bring him back on a potential long-term contract, you know? He's got one career interception and, and, you know, certainly this past season, 2022 was not a fair season to really evaluate most players on this bears defense. Cause the rest of the defense was so bad. So you can't sit here and say, Oh, well, Jalen Johnson struggles against the Packers in that one game. And like, had, cause I don't know, the defense as a whole was rough. He did miss a lot more tackles this season than we'd seen in up the previous couple of years of his career. That feels a little bit more individual aspect and not team aspect. A lot of those after the catch as well, not just coming up and running game, but like allows the catch or tries to make a play after the catch to tackle the guy and misses on that tackle to do so. So like there's still room for Jalen Johnson to really emerge and, and stake that one more step forward to be that like pro bowl caliber, or like shut down cornerback. He's a very good cornerback. He looks like a number one cornerback in the NFL, but not like the top end shutdown cornerback. So then how much do you pay him? And is he asking for money that's closer to the shot, the top end shutdown cornerback than where the Bears might see him at? Does that lead to a potential disconnect and reason to maybe not show up at OTAs, right? That's kind of the the speculation. That's that's the fear. That's the concern with Jalen Johnson not at OTAs here on Tuesday. And it's particularly critical that Ryan Poles not let this situation escalate in some of the same ways that the Roquan Smith situation escalated. And I want to take a closer look at some of the stakes here and, and how this might start to play out moving forward next on Locked on Bears. It goes without saying, but it's important to make sure that we do understand it, that like if for some reason, and I don't want this to be the speculation hour, but like if for some reason, Jalen Johnson becomes upset about the contract negotiations and 
either enters some sort of holdout or demands some sort of trade or the bears decide some sort of trade is in their best interest. And if for, if for any of those reasons, Jalen Johnson is not available on the field for the Chicago bears this season, you're particularly light at cornerback. Certainly you feel even more value than in the Tyreek Stevenson draft pick and also adding some more depth in Terrell Smith. But you know, if you took Jalen Johnson out of this cornerback lineup for whatever reason, you'd have Stevenson and Kendall Vildor on the outside and Kyler Gordon in the slot. And that would be another really big weakness, I think, in this Bears defense. I mean, any team, you take away their number one cornerback, they're going to have a big hole. But the Bears in particular are extremely young, inexperienced, and in the building process at cornerback. And Johnson is a really big part of, you know, being the leader at that position. I think he and Vildor are the two most experienced, most, you know, oldest guys at that spot. And it's a lot of other first and second year players. And you really need that stabilizing force from Jalen Johnson so that everyone else can stay another another notch down the cornerback depth chart and not have to put Vildor or Tyreek Stevenson against the number one wide receivers on your on your schedule this season. That's just not something that's necessarily going to go well. And I think when we talk about like trying to keep this Jalen Johnson situation from getting worse or, or from it becoming a problem at all, because we don't even know at this stage whether it is a problem or whether there's other reasons he might have missed OTAs. And I want to discuss that in a minute. But like, I, I think for me, we got to be careful too that like my concern is less specifically about anything about Jalen Johnson. I don't think he has this track record of being a, a malcontent. There was that time like in 2021, yeah, 2021, when he was one minute late for a team meeting and they find him and he posted a picture of the fine on his Instagram account and said he was kind of upset about it. But like, right, he doesn't have this track record of being a problem or being a head case or having this major ego issue or anything like that. The concern more is almost Ryan Poles than Jalen Johnson. It's not so much that, Jalen Johnson, that we're worried Jalen Johnson is going to blow this out of perspective, but it's just like given Ryan Poles' track record last season of Tevin Jenkins being uh, upset and that leading to, I don't know if there was a formal trade request or reported trade request, but there, there were, remember there was a time when we thought Tevin Jenkins might get traded during training camp last season or be benched and just not be a part of this team. Like that was a big kerfuffle. And then uh, Roquan Smith, like some of his contract stuff started about this time of year last year and then lingered through training camp and there was the hold out slash hold in. And then of course he's traded halfway through the season. Now right to Ryan Poles' credit, he worked it out with Tevin Jenkins and the bears have their starting left guard right there. And he was a, a solid starting right guard last year. Like a crisis averted with Tevin Jenkins and also to Ryan Poles' credit with Roquan Smith, you know, they did get Roquan Smith back onto the team and it was then the Bears' choice to separate from Roquan Smith at the trade deadline, but Roquan Smith was ready and was playing through the entire Bears' season, was going to play through all 17 games and then hit free agency, right? It wasn't like Ryan Poles deteriorated the Roquan Smith relationship to some extreme to where Roquan refused to play and never played a snap for the Bears again. He Roquan came back, and the Bears accepted him back with open arms, and then it was Ryan Poles' decision to try and get some trade compensation for him halfway through the season when deciding, you know what? This is just not going to happen. And so the concern then is like what happens with Jalen Johnson, not because of anything about Jalen Johnson's personality or history, but just because it's still pretty fresh with us for Ryan Poles. And I, I don't even necessarily know that Ryan Poles handled those the wrong way. I mean, ultimately, 
got Jenkins back, got him playing at a high level, got Roquan Smith back, got a second round pick for him. And if you're Ryan Poles and you decided, you know what, we're not going to re-sign Roquan Smith. If that's if that's the decision you made ahead of time, then getting a second round pick for him was good value. So ultimately he handled those situations correctly, but it got messy and it got difficult. And that's what strikes the fear in us right now with Jalen Johnson not being at OTAs. It's possible that, you know, it's not a big contract thing. And he says, you know, I'm, I've been in this defense. I've been in the league. I don't need to be there. You know, we don't know why Nate Davis, it wasn't at OTAs on Tuesday. It's possible Nate Davis was, you know, I don't know, sick or had a family thing to go do or a wedding. I don't know, we wouldn't have a Tuesday wedding, but you know what I mean? Like some sort of other reason to skip OTAs besides a contract situation because Nate Davis doesn't have a contract situation to be skipping OTAs over. And it's possible that Jalen Johnson could be missing OTAs for other reasons. You would think that if he had sort of a, a more quote-unquote excused absence that Matt Eberflus might say so. He didn't have to tell us what it is, but he could say, listen, like Jalen's not here, but he's been in contact with us. We know why he's not here and we're not worried about it. We're moving forward. And Matt Eberflus did say, hey, we're not worried about this becoming like a big major holdout escalation problem per se, but like there's something here, right? I, th there's something here. Doesn't mean it's time to panic. Doesn't mean this is going to become a major holdout and time to, you know, worry all the way through. But if this was an innocuous reason why he left training camp or, or why he wasn't at OTAs, we, I feel like the bears could have softened that and avoided the controversy from a public relations standpoint, just by Matt Eberflus giving us some sort of, Nugget there, but Eberflus basically said he's not here and we'll coach the guys that are here and we can't control who's here and he's not here, right? Basically saying he's not saying the words we don't know why he's not here, but he's not saying we do know why he's not here. And I think that does then the lack of clarity there does lend some credence. Why wouldn't Matt Eberflus tell us why Jalen Johnson wasn't there unless he either A, didn't know or B, didn't want to tell us because it's a contract situation like that. So that's that's where some of the, the concern comes there, but it's voluntary OTAs. Players miss this. Players on teams across the across the league sat out OTAs. You don't see 100% OTAs attendance anymore. And for Jalen Johnson, what's his motivation then to show up to something that's mandatory if he's you know wants to preserve himself as much as he can and is negotiating for a contract right now? Because I looked back at some of the quotes when Jalen Johnson, I think it was at the Super Bowl, he was doing interviews and said, was talking about, wanting to re-sign with the Bears. He has said all along, I would like to play for the Chicago Bears for a long time. That's his goal. He's always wanted to get his second contract after his third season. And the quote he said was, quote, I feel like it will heat up in due time after the free agency wave, the draft, and things like that. That's where we are right now. He said things will heat up after free agency and the draft. We have reached after the draft. That's when Jalen Johnson said negotiations would heat up. Presumably then that could mean they are heating up right now. And that could be then also why he wasn't at Bears OTAs. Who knows? Maybe they'll get a contract extension done and this will be a moot point in a month from now. I think the most likely outcome here is that no, they don't get a contract extension done, but he shows up to all the mandatory parts of the offseason isn't a, isn't a problem through this and just skip the voluntary parts because he's certainly within his right to do so. That's, un that's negotiated in the CBA. He can't be literally punished for that. And the Bears are handling it like, okay, we'll just coach us here and we'll make it work because they're doing the same thing at right guard with Nate Davis not there. They're doing the same thing at wide receiver with Mooney injured and the same thing at safety with Eddie Jackson injured, right? Some players are going to be mispracticed for a variety of reasons. 
and we don't have to necessarily panic just yet, even though Jalen Johnson's reason might be a little bit more of a cause for concern or have the potential to be a cause for concern. That's where this ultimately lies. Jalen Johnson missing OTAs has the potential to be the to be a cause for concern. I don't think it is a cause for concern just yet. But when we get any and all Jalen Johnson absence updates, contract negotiation news, you name it, we'll break it all down for you right here on the Locked on Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We love our everydayers here. And make sure you come back tomorrow because we're going to talk to Joe Marino from Locked On NFL Scouting to go a little bit farther in depth on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast's full roster breakdown of the Chicago Bears. They look at the league every team from a sort of a team building perspective and they did the Chicago Bears on their Monday podcast so we're gonna you know they did a film review and all that stuff we're gonna talk to Joe about some of what he saw in this Bears team and get kind of the outsider's perspective on someone who watched the film but isn't covering the day-to-day aspects of this team and just kind of getting you know what he saw and what he sees out of this Bears roster so make sure you come on back for that tomorrow and of course you have to come back for your next opportunity to bear down